Hello there, this is Lee Asim. Welcome to AIO Audio News. Today I'm going to be doing something that's a bit overdue for me. I'm going to be going through the Avery Awards for 2020, the album 67 and 68 Avery Awards. Now for this year there are eight categories. We still have Best Episode, Best Script, and Best Sound Design? Yeah, Best Sound Design. And then there are Best Actor, Best Actress, and a couple other categories in there too. So I am going to be reading through this and figuring out my decisions as we go along. First category in the survey that's online is Best Actress. The nominees are Kimmy Robertson as Penny Bassett in A Wise Surprise, Natalie Lander as Zoe Grant in Breaking News, Chantelle Kaysen as Kayla Calhoun in Good Job, Monica Padilla as Jillian Marshall in Nightmares by Constance, and Christina Puccelli as Emily Jones in A Sacrificial Escape. Let me start and give my hypothesis of who I think is the strongest off the top of my head, and then we'll compare that to the other actresses in the category. My initial pick for this is going to be Chantelle Kaysen as Kayla Calhoun. I think her delivery was great. I love her voice. I like the addition of a new African-American family into Odyssey and seeing the, like, the, the difference in their voices compared to the other characters who we usually hear. And I don't think that her scripting was as good as it could have been. I think Kathy Buchanan kind of did her perfunctory job or did, did her, her job in that episode. There wasn't anything extraordinary about the, the scripting. But I think the actor actress did a, an excellent job in the role comparing that to the other ones i think that knocks out monica badia who did a, a a nice job well you know i don't know actually let's skip her for now christina pocelli i don't really ever see christina pocelli doing a, a a wonderful job as emily because i i feel like she's not genuine a lot of the time she's there to do the character and she does the middle school girl character the way that she the way that she does it which, compared to Matthew in that episode, is not, with not a lot of emotion. And although she tries to, to put across some effort of emotion, I think it comes across better in Further From the Truth and The Ride of Revelations Part 1. Spoiler alert, by the way, she's in that episode. So we have left Kimmy Robertson as Penny Bassett and Why Surprise. I need to go back and hear the Album 68 episodes. I'm not as familiar with them. Um... And I would initially say, no, not really. She didn't stand out as being great. Again, she's doing she's doing her job as Penny. And she has good chemistry with Wooten, but I don't think she's as good as Chantel. Now we get Natalie Lander as Zoe Grant in Breaking News, or Monica Badia as Jillian Marshall. Uh, Zoe was kind of not the... She was there with Ted Humphreys for most of the episode, but she doesn't have a huge role. She's there to tag along and do her do her job, and she's, she's always really good. But I still don't see her as being as good as Chantel. Then coming down to Monica Padilla as Jillian Marshall. And the question here is, best actress. What am I using to define this? I think, which actress did the best job in the character? And I, I might actually be changing to Jillian. I might think that Jillian actually might be better than, than Kayla here. And this is a hard question because... I really liked Jillian in my Nightmares by Constance. Arista and I started to review Nightmares by Constance, but we the recording stopped because her phone died. We were doing it live, actually. We were in the same same spot. But anyway, we talked about how Jillian was great in that episode, about how a lot of things were really good about the episode. And part of that is that Monica is settling into the role as Jillian that she inherited back from Much Ado About Jealousy from Emily O'Brien. Emily O'Brien is uh, Jillian's better actor, actress. And in Nightmares by Constance, definitely Monica does a better job than she did in Good Job. Definitely. 
because there's a lot more opportunity for her to perform well. And maybe it's because I really like Nightmares by Constance, then I, I'm, I would have to give her, give her that. I w- I'll do it. Let's go. Monica Padilla is Jillian Marshall in Nightmares by Constance. That's my vote for the Avery's for Best Actress. Next category we have is Best Investigative Duo. And a couple of these are stretches. Let me read through the list here. Jillian Marshall and Jason Whitaker in Nightmares by Constance. Zoe Grant and Ted Humphreys in Breaking News. Emily Jones and Matthew Parker in A Sacrificial Escape. Frank and Eleanor Wise in A, a Wise Surprise. And Cooper Calhoun and Buck Oliver in Page from the Playbook. Frank and Eleanor Wise, eh, not really. I mean, they do ask a question, but that's about it. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could call an investigative duo, but no. No. If we are judging by the merit of the category that the the duo themselves in their investigating was the best, not the characters, not the episode, but how they did their investigating, I don't know. I don't know. Should I go through humorous or effective or what? So let's go down this. I'm going to I'm going to say probably Jillian and Jason off the top of my head. So let's let's compare these. Knock these out. Cooper and Buck. Nah. They didn't do very much investigating that episode. There wasn't really a mystery to solve. It was, he stole our playbook, so let's go get it back. Um, That was about it. And Buck realizing, wait, the playbook's gone, and uh, he must have stolen it. And Eugene was the one who did most of the investigating in that episode, figuring out who was behind it. Frank and Eleanor Wise, uh, they're not better than Jillian and Jason, based on what was going on. They're just being nosy. <laughs> That's about it. Zoe Grant and Ted Humphreys, Ted did most of the investigating. Zoe followed him around with the camera. And Emily and Matthew in a sacrificial escape. I feel like they're pretty well matched. That Jillian and Jason, since Jillian figured out that she could take the uh, the key to his room. What, what's his name? Why am I forgetting this? Caleb's. Get the Caleb's key, room key and take it to his room and, and find the, the powder in there. And Jason found it. You know what? I'm going to... I'm, switch, I'm switching Emily Jones and Matthew Parker because Jason messed up. He, he he plain messed up. He didn't invest. He didn't figure it out. He didn't figure out that Caleb, Caleb was innocent in time. And he let Caleb get arrested even even though. I mean, because of that. And then later he, he went and rectified it and did his own investigating without Jillian. Meaning that they weren't working together well as a duo. And Jason was doing better by himself. But Emily and Matthew got out together. As as Emily said, let's just get through this. Come on, Matthew. We can do this together. And as their their last uh, thing that happened to them together that they did, it's great. I love it. So let's go Emily Jones and Matthew Parker in A Sacrificial Escape. Next category is Best Actor. The nominees are Townsend Coleman as Jason Whitaker in Nightmares by Constance, Eric Martzoff as Ron Perkins in Always Home, Robbie Bruce as Buck Oliver in Page from the Playbook, Keith Ferguson as Ted Humphreys in Breaking News, and Tucker Chandler as Wyatt Perkins in Man of the House. I would have nominated Justin Felbinger as Matthew in A Sacrificial Escape, or or um, Atticus Schaefer as the mysterious voice in A Sacrificial Escape. Really, really good, but I can't, I can't do, how? Can I write in a vote? Atticus? Because that was great. He was probably the best actor, but of these five, let's whittle this down here. Wyatt in Man of the House is not as good as Wyatt in Playing Favorites. He's a lot better in that one. He's still good in Man of the House. But let's knock him off there. Who would I choose off the top of my head? Um, 
Eric Martzoff in Always Home really liked his delivery there and the fact that we didn't just have to hear his voice over the phone. We actually heard him in person. And then that compares to Buck and play- Page from the Playbook. I think Buck just had good chemistry with the other actors. He's uh, Robbie's a good actor, and Buck had good he had good chemistry with the other actors in there, and Buck has good chemistry with the other characters like like Cooper and Jay. That trio is really really funny, but I can't say say he was the best actor by himself. And then Keith Ferguson in Breaking News, yeah, rivals rivals Eric a lot, um, because Keith is such a talented actor. I mean, he's doing double, triple duty as Ted Humphreys in that episode. So, Jason, I'm going to cross off the list because he's he's Jason. He's doing the Jason thing. Nothing nothing extraordinary. But Eric as a new, newish actor to Odyssey and Keith as the recurring actor who's so so professional. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Who, who did I think was better? Let's go with Eric. Because Keith Ferguson deserves everything that he gets. And he's great. But I loved Always Home, the uh, specifically the Perkins storyline of Always Home, and the warmth that Eric Martzoff brought to Ron Perkins' character. I really liked, really liked him and his interaction with Bridget. In one of their scenes, is, uh, really really good. In fact, why wasn't Keely Marshall on for Best Actress? She's she is the Best Actress. Come on, guys, you're missing you're missing tricks here. Eric Martzoff as Ron Perkins in Always Home. Which episode has the best sound design? I hate to admit it. Further from the truth. Further from the truth is is what we're going with. Wait, hold on. No, it's Further from the Truth or A Sacrificial Escape, I think would be my two my two top picks for sound design. I'm thinking about the other ones, and uh, Page from the Playbook was okay with the, the sports sound effects. I liked the crowd sound effects as well. They were very good. But I loved the feel of the escape room in A Sacrificial Escape. And... I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to give this one some thought. Let me think about it for a minute. So after thinking about it, I am going to go with Page from the Playbook as the best sound design because I thought about Page from the Playbook, a Sacrificial Escape, or Further from the Truth, and I thought, was there any problem I had with the sound design in those episodes? Because they're all very good sound design. And with a Sacrificial Escape, I took issue with the phone sound effects. I also took issue with the phone sound effects in Further from the Truth, although the clock. Striking 13 and Further From The Truth was a very good touch, but I really like the sports sound effects of Page From The Playbook and the interior sound design, exterior sound design, um, crowd sound effects were also really good. I'm going to go with that, Page From The Playbook. Next category is Best Scene. The nominees are The Parker Kids Attempt to Use a Lie Detector on Their Father in Playing Favorites. Jillian and Jason pretend to be a married couple in a wedding rehearsal in Nightmares by Constance. The Wise family finds out that Penny isn't having a baby, but Charlotte is, in a wise surprise. Emily Jones demands that Matthew take the single oxygen mask in a sacrificial escape. And Ted Humphreys reports from the trampoline park in Breaking News. No contest. Emily Emily demands that Matthew take the single oxygen mask in a sacrificial escape. Moving on! Best script. Which episode had the best script? Ooh. Always Home had the best script. Now, A Sacrificial Escape didn't have the best script because a lot of the delivery was through the actors and the the music also, sound design. The ambiance of the episode and the way that the, the script was paced was, was good in that way. But I think that Marshall Younger did an excellent job with the script for Always Home. And if it weren't for... Andre Stoika's and Katie Lee's delivery throughout the episode, I would have liked Always Home a lot more than I did. I still liked it, but 
I felt like that was a flaw to it, that they didn't perform well. And now that I think about it, I think that Marshall wrote the episode as perfectly as he could. It was really good, and it was emotional in several places. And if it weren't for the delivery, it would have been emotional when I heard it for a lot more places. Like, the final scene would have had a lot more impact if the actors had been, I don't know, if if they had delivered a little bit differently. But the Perkins scenes themselves really shone through. And Bridget's character development was brilliant. I love her as a character, and I, I love that Marshall has taken the time to develop her and show that she has nuanced emotions. So let's let's go with Always Home. Next category is Best News Reported by Ajax Manic in Breaking News. Oh, okay, let's read through this. Something has escaped from the Odyssey Stewards, and when the world does end, you need Johnson's Apocalypse Survival Kits with three new milkshake flavors. Next is Eugene Melsner is working on a secret government project to cover up a UFO landing in Odyssey. Next one is Eugene Melsner designed a special flash pen that erases people's memories. And the final one is a sly monster is on the loose and about to prey on the unsuspecting citizens of Odyssey. Okay, guys, you uh, you missed that. You sh- you're stretching this real thin here. A sly monster is on the loose and about to prey on the uh, about to prey on the unsuspecting citizens of Odyssey. And when the world does end, you need Johnson's apocalypse. Survive. That is the 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 news that Ajax is reporting. He talks about the sly monster, and that's what has escaped from the Odyssey sewers. You're splitting it up into two, so. I don't know. I like the the promo, but if I have to say either the promo or the slime monster, it's probably the promo because I really liked that transition from where he's reporting at the sewer. We pan away to Ted and Zoe listening to the announcement or listening, watching the video, and he goes into the ad during that during that time. I like that. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the first one. Something has escaped from the Odyssey sewers and where the world is and blah 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 blah. And last category, best overall episode. No contest, a sacrificial escape. I have discussed ad infinitum, ad nauseum, why this is the case, and I'm not going to rehash it here. Final two questions. That was the last category. Final two questions. What did you like and what didn't you like about album 67 and album 68? So what did I like? Well, album 67 was one of the best overall albums I've seen in a really long time. And I think that five of the six episodes were very solid. And the one I didn't like, Rightly Dividing, had received much acclaim from other critics. The album art is representative of the best episode in the album, A Sacrificial Escape, which I would call one of the top 50 episodes of all time. Monica Badia has settled into her role as Jillian well in Nightmares by Constance, and Kathy Buchanan delivered an incredible story and mystery with that two-parter. The Calhoun family is looking to be a great new family, with a genius staggered introduction. Uh, from In a Sun-Scorched Land, to Page from the Playbook, to Good Job, and likable, relatable characters, too. The Perkins family also gets some great fleshing out, with my new favorite character, Bridget, getting overtime work as Odyssey's most complex character in Always Home. Breaking News was a good addition to Album 68, and a good was a good decision to be brought from the club into the mainstream, and a wise surprise, while criticized by many Odyssey fans, I found to be a clever reminder that you guys over at Odyssey still know how to keep a secret. But what didn't I like? Well, touching briefly on Rightly Dividing, I find the character of Declan quite unbearable. He has a great voice and a fun personality, but he second-guesses himself way too many times throughout the script. I would see maybe four or five times being alright, but he does his quirk upwards of 11 times. I wish he could return, and I do really like Debbie Derryberry in the role, but maybe if Declan could be fleshed out a teensy bit more. 
Whereas Album 67 was one of the strongest single albums, Album 68 is one of the weakest. It does a good amount of legwork for the storylines at hand, but at the expense of overall episode quality. Good Job reverts Jillian from her high in Nightmares by Constance back to an incompetent comic relief who characters I like, like Jason, Joseph, and Kayla, criticize unjustly. Playing favorites, while cute for Wyatt, wasn't clear enough about Bridget's relationship with him, and the last scene proved confusing, especially with Valerie's relapse from Take Every Thought Captive. Additionally, the library music chosen continually took me out of the episode and back to the previous episodes it was taken from, especially the intro music pulled straight from Cycle of Fear and Much Ado About Jealousy. This wasn't a problem for Breaking News, whose library music was much more obscure and creative. Further from the truth was my final indication that the Rydell saga was drawn out one episode too long, a problem created by the delayed and truncated release of The Secret of the Writer's Ruse. Coming off of the high of A Sacrificial Escape, I wrote an entire script of the next Mori episode, and it turns out I actually predicted the majority of the Rydell revelations parts 1 and 2. The three-parter was supposed to come after the escape room, not an episode that just buys time. Further from the truth should have come before a sacrificial escape, or been cut entirely. The mood is off, there's no sense of urgency, Wit completely ignores the recording, and the penultimate scene's cliffhanger is a logical fallacy. Plus, the entire fake mystery gives us nothing about the direction of the saga, except for disjointed, random, vague hints, such as, what if someone's helping us find proof of a wrongdoing? As Emily said, it feels more like we're being led around by the nose, and I don't like that. But all these episodes do their jobs competently, as always, and I can see the effort put into them and the production value success that comes out of them. So that's my ballot I'm going to be submitting for the Avery Awards. I hope that was insightful and my opinions and my whittling down of the the different categories. I, I don't know if it matched yours or not, but hey, I'd be interested to hear what you thought about that. Thanks for listening. You're listening to AIO Audio News. By the way, I have a new cover image. Go check it out.